Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. watched that um, video the other day and just sat in my lounge room and just cried and cried. You know, outside of these four walls, and maybe inside these four walls, there are people like that. There are people that are out there that desperately need to know the truth. And they may not look like this girl on the outside. They might look like they've got it all together. But I want to tell you, inside their souls look like that. And inside they're crying out for somebody who would come and just be that hand to them. You know, when I was watching it, I thought, please, someone come along and get a hold of this little girl and get her off the street. Someone take her home. Someone help her. Someone help her get off drugs. Someone help her get out of that place, you know. And there's so many. How many are there out there? And, and how many of you that are in here that were out there? But because somebody took you into their heart. Somebody began to pray for you. Someone began to reach out to you. 
you found life, you found Jesus, you found hope, and you found home. You know, one of the one of the little youth girls in our youth group uh, sent me a message a little while ago on my Facebook, like an inbox, and um, it so moved me. And she said, "I just wanted to tell you that God." is the closest thing I've ever had to a father and that you, Pastor Julia, are the closest thing I've ever had to a mother. And if it wasn't for you people and this church that you've put together here, I never would have found home. You know, that is the very reason why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Everything that we do is about that. It's about one soul, one life. And I know that the Father is in heaven right now believing that this year and the year to come are going to be the greatest years of harvest the earth has ever seen. But to do that, he has to awaken us, the church. He has to awaken us, the people, to find them to cry out for them and to bring them into a proper birth into the kingdom of God. You know, here in John 3, 3 to 6, it says this, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter the womb a second time to be born? And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You know, in the flesh that he's talking about here, flesh gives birth to flesh. In the natural, we know how it works, how birth works. In any birth, there first of all must be a conception. Is that right? Like you just don't have a birth. There has to be a conception. And to have a conception, then we need a a mother and a father. And that father and mother then must be intimate. Is that right? And then when the father and the mother are intimate, a seed comes from the father and it comes together with an egg from the mother and conception occurs and life begins now it says here right here it says flesh gives birth to flesh that's what happens in the natural realm but the same is true of the spirit it says but spirit gives birth to spirit and so in the spirit realm in the kingdom of God in in the kingdom of the spirit of God We have the Father, who is God. Amen? And we have the mother, and the mother is the church. The mother is the bride. The mother is the wife of God. And when the wife of God, the church, comes into real intimacy with the Father, amen? And then a seed is released, which is the word of God. And it goes forth looking 
for an egg which is the heart of a human being. And then that that egg when the seed goes into it is then planted into the womb of the Holy Spirit. And we have conception. It's quite powerful, isn't it? Quite powerful. When when the father father told me that at four o'clock this afternoon, I nearly fell off my chair. Because I had another message to preach. And he said, You're not preaching that message. This is what I want you to preach. And he told me that at four o'clock this afternoon. And I just went, Oh my gosh. This is so true. It's so powerful. 2 Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. John 6.4 says this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them and I will raise them up on the last day. The Father draws the heart of a human being into this beautiful place where we have prepared a place for them through the love of the Father. He draws them into the arms of the mother, which is the church that embraces them, or the people When I say the church, I don't mean that they walk in the building. I'm not saying the church is a building. I'm saying the church is you. The church is a people. You are the bride of Christ. You are the mother. Whether you're male, female, there is no gender in this. You know, we're talking, this is Mother's Day. But I'm talking about the mother being the church. I'm talking about the mother being you. I'm talking about you having arms that nurture, that embrace, that have mercy, that have compassion, that reach out beyond your comfort zones and find little girls like that who desperately need home and desperately need somebody to say, you don't have to live like this. You are the church, amen? So the Father draws them by his love. No one can come to Jesus unless the Father first draws them. He draws them by his love. The scriptures say that he calls them by name. He knows every one of their names. We were in the city the other day, Phil and I, and I'm just standing standing in the city and watching all these people just going about their business and crossing. You know, it's just so many people going. I'm looking. And I said to Phil, and my eyes filled with tears, I said, he knows every one of them. He knows every one of them. He knows that one by name, by name, by name. He knows what they did when they got up this morning. He knows what they're thinking, every one of them. He knew them from when they were conceived in their mother's womb. He knew them right from that very place. And he's watched them all the days of their lives. And Phil, it's our responsibility to let them know the love of the Father. Amen? It's our responsibility to be the arms that when he calls them by name, when he draws them to himself, that we, the mother, 
are ready with our arms open wide to draw them and bring them in and to love them. And then they're drawn into the safety of the womb of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember the first time that you felt the presence of God? first time that you felt the Holy Spirit. I know the very first time that I felt the Holy Spirit, the very first time that I, that I felt the presence of Jesus, I literally felt like I was in my mother's womb. I literally felt it was the safest place I had ever found in my whole life. And I never, ever wanted to leave. I never wanted that feeling to leave me. I just wanted to curl up there in a fetal position and stay there forever because I'd found a place where I was safe. I found a place where it was home. I'd found a place where I was loved unconditionally. I found a place where I could be me. I found a place where I was known inside out. You know, I said this morning, you know the word intimacy. When you break that word down, it says, into me you see. And when we have intimacy with the Father through the beautiful anointing of the Holy Spirit, into us he sees, into me you see. And he looks way down deep inside of us and he finds us. Do you know that the greatest need of every human being is to be known? It's for somebody to look at them and say, I know you. And I care about you. And I'm interested in every fine detail of your life. Every human being wants that. Every human being wants to be recognized, to be affirmed. And the father, when he looks at his children, when he looks at the children that are lost, when he looks at the children that are found, When he looks at little girls like that on the street, can you imagine what his heart is doing? When he knows that all she needs to do is find him and she would be okay. But the word of God says, how will they hear unless somebody speaks? And how can someone speak unless they are sent? Tonight I'm sending you. Tonight with, with a deep cry in my heart. I'm crying out to you to go and to be and to embrace them in Jesus' name. You know, it's a wonderful thing when conception takes place. But I want to tell you this. Conception takes place before the birth. You know, when people come in here and they stand on the altar and they give their heart to Jesus Christ... It is an incredible day. But you know, they've already, their Holy Spirit's been pregnant with them already. Someone already was intimate with the Father. Someone, someone who is a, a Christian, someone who is the church, someone who is the mother, was already intimate with the Father and already began to sow seeds of the word of God into that, into that heart, the egg of the heart. And there was already a conception before they even walked into this place, before they even walked into your life, before you even opened your mouth to preach the gospel to them. 
before you even shared your testimony with them the very first time, there had already been a conception. Maybe the conception took place 30 years before. Maybe the conception took place 10 years before. Maybe it was only weeks before. But there's a conception already. You know, when we speak to people, they say, oh, they're so ripe. They've already been impregnated with the precious seed of heaven. And they're ready to be birthed into the kingdom of God. Do you know how many there are right now out there that are impregnated with the seed that are in the stage of conception right now? The scriptures tell us that multitudes, multitudes are in the valley of decision. What is the valley of decision? The valley of decision is the place of conception before the birth. Multitudes. Just go to Sydney. Well, better still go to India. Well, better still you know, go to China. Multitudes. And yet he knows them all by name. And he's drawing them all. And he's putting seeds into them. And he's putting in place his church who will embrace them, his people who will love them with a mother's heart. He has it all ready. And he's anticipating the day when that seed that's in that egg that's been germinating in the womb of the Holy Spirit is brought to full birth. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. You've already been born in your mother's womb, but there's another birth that needs to take place. You must be born again into the kingdom of God. You must be born again of the Spirit. And what a wonderful thing it is when you're born again of the Spirit. The minute that you're born again of the Spirit, there's a change that takes place in your life. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't start to happen at the moment of birth. It begins to happen at the place of conception. Right now, you've got a neighbor. Right now, you've got a friend at work. Right now, there's someone that you walk past on the street every day. And their heart is like an egg. And you, and you go into your place in your closet and worship with your father. The mother comes to the father. The church comes to the father. And worships him. And you go out after being in intimacy with the Father. And you come across this human heart that is the egg. Ready for the seed of the word of God. And you just share your testimony. You share a few words. You just share something. You may not see a new birth right then. But the conception has to come. Or there's no birth. You might say, well, I've talked to many people. I never see any results. You don't see the results inside this little body right now. But she got a picture and it's there. Even she said, I don't even know if there's anything in there. And then she, she had a picture and there's a baby in there. If you could right now take an ultrasound of the human heart, a spiritual ultrasound of the human heart and walk along the street, you would be surprised 
how many people are in a state of conception through your words, through your prayers, through your love. Amen. Multitudes, multitudes, multitudes in a valley of decision. Right now. Right now. And then there's multitudes that have just got eggs that are empty. Eggs that are empty. And they don't, they don't have any plans, no dreams. They have no vision, no future. Like that little girl on the street. Just a heart, an egg, empty. And you go into your prayer closet. You find your father. You're intimate with your father. You come out. You go up to that little girl on the street. You sit next to her. You don't just buy a magazine off her. You speak the word of God. Sea goes forth. Plants into the human heart. And conception takes place. And I guarantee you that little girl would never die of an overdose once that conception is in place because the father has his hooking. The father's seed is being planted in the human heart into the womb of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit starts working, starts working on that heart. The Holy Spirit starts putting things in their their place. The Holy Spirit puts things in their place. It says the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. The Holy Spirit starts to reveal to them there's a better life for you than this. There's something more than this. The seed in, in, in the egg is starting to grow. It's starting to grow. This thing is starting to form. It's starting to take shape. It's starting to take form. And then... There's this incredible place where we have to take them from that place of conception into the place of birth. Do you know, many people would come to the altar and they've, they've had a conception. But there's been no labor for their birth. And therefore, they come forth through the birth canal, immature, miscarry, die young because they're not strong enough to stand in the new birth because there has been no labor and it wasn't the right time. Isn't that incredible? Isaiah 66, 9, let's look at this. Thanks, Jonathan. He says this, the father says this, Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Is there more than that? Is that it? There's a bit more, I think. Is there a bit more than that, Jonathan? Is that the end of nine? What's the very next part say on that? Yeah, go to the next verse. What does it say? No, that's all right. Do I bring to them, just put that back up there. You see? Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? How many of you know that when a baby, it's time for a baby to be birthed, 
There's a violent labor. Look, here is a man who has a, a 10 week, he's been, he's been a father 10 weeks. He remembers it well. When that baby is coming down the birth canal, I'm telling you, it's not just like, does anyone want to give their heart to the Lord? Oh, I guess I'll give my heart to the Lord tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus, save my sins. Amen. All right. Well, that was good. What's next? You know, if, if there was proper labor, we would never see that. If there would be those who would begin to cry out for proper birth, if there are those who would cry out in intercession, who would begin to cry out in prayer meetings, who would begin to cry out in homes and begin to go through the birth pangs of labor for the souls of mankind, we would see true birthing coming into the kingdom of God and we would see the most incredible miracle that there ever is. And that is the miracle of being truly born again. Amen. Where are the intercessors? Where are those that would cry out? Where are those again that would have a heart for the lost? Where are those that would look into the faces of little girls like that and say, I will cry for you. I will speak for you. You know, where's that scripture that came up first? Can you put the very first one before the video? You know that one? Yeah. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. God's asking us. He's asking us. He's asking us. Would you draw them to me? Would you bring them properly through the birth canal? Would you help me cry out as a woman in labor and give birth to these souls into the kingdom of God? Do you know when you are properly birthed into the kingdom of God, you should need no follow-up. You shouldn't need five phone calls that week and six people come visit you, even though that's good, but you shouldn't need it. When I was born again, I chased them. When I was born again, I banged down the doors of the church to let me in early. And I went to every service. When I was born again, I enrolled in Bible college three weeks after we joined the church. Pregnant. Going to church, going to Bible college. Driving down dirt roads. Into my eighth, ninth month of pregnancy, going to Bible college at night. No one needed to chase me up because I was birthed properly. Why? Why was I birthed properly? Some of you have heard the story. When I was a child, there was a scripture teacher who worked at my father's work. We were a non-Christian home. And this scripture teacher started to cry out in the spirit to God because she'd had a vision of a child who would one day be a pastor. 
And she began to cry out. And then it was revealed to her that it was one of my children, one of my father's children. And she went to work and she said, there's one of your children. It's very special, called by God. And my father said, what are you talking about, woman? We don't know God. We don't go to church. Don't want to know about your religious stuff. And she said, tell me the names of your children. And there were six of us. And he went, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, it's Julie. It's Julie. She's the one. My father thought she was crazy. And then a little while later, he comes in to work and he said, I had a dream last night. She said, I had a dream last night and you have to buy Julie a Bible. And, and he's looking at this woman and she's going, you better do it. God's head. And she wrote a scripture down, put it in the Bible that my father bought. And I don't even remember that Bible. I don't remember anything about it. But when I was born again at 21 years of age, I toured around the nations, came back to my hometown at 23, desperately wanting a Bible, not knowing where to buy one, where to find one. And I went into my father's garage, pulled a book off the shelf. Behind that book was now a cream-colored Bible that used to be white. And I pulled it out. I opened it up. And it said to Julie from your daddy on your eighth birthday. And a scripture fell out, a little piece of paper. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord God Almighty. I was birthed into the kingdom by some woman that I don't know her name. I know nothing about her. But one day when I get to go to glory, the Father is going to bring her to me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give the Lord a hand. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3 says this, and can I have the worship team? And I'd really like that song that we sang. Um, in everything. How do you know that was that one? I want to spirit, see? Flowing in the spirit there, son. Yeah. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. This will make more sense to you now, this scripture. And when Jesus stood up in Luke, I think it's 4.18, and he said this scripture, he read this scripture out and he said, today this prophecy has been fulfilled in your sight because I brought it to fulfillment. And this was the scripture that he read out of Isaiah that day. And it says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Everyone put your hand on your heart right now and say this with me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, 
the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.